What comes to your mind when you hear the word holy? What comes to your mind when you hear the word holy? Without blemish. Without blemish. Set apart. Anything else? No other good answers. There's no like, well, I shouldn't say there's no wrong answer, but those answers are right answers. I want to hear some other ones, some other things that come to your word, come to your mind when you hear the word holy. Hmm? Set apart, it was set apart, without blemish. Sanctified. Sanctified. Pure, right? These are words that come to our minds when we hear the word holy. What comes to your mind when we say and we think, and, and Scripture says that we are holy just as Christ is holy? Of course, this is talking to a believer, but what, is, what comes to your mind when you think that way, when you hear that? I can tell you what comes to my mind. What comes to my mind when I hear that is this, is that how can I get to that point? Because I'm a sinful person. How can I be holy? How does God see me as holy? But it also calls on me to surrender my life to him. Because in myself, I'm not holy. In myself, I have a sinful nature. In myself, I pursue worldly things but it has to be a gospel-centered life to pursue holiness. The gospel must be real in our lives, and as we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the gospel is simple, that Christ died for us and he rose again. But the reality is, is this, is that we need to live that. You know, we are coming up on a season where, you know, the church, this is like the greatest time the church celebrates at Easter, right? But the reality is, is that in our lives, and as we think of what we go through in life, is, that, is God only alive, was Jesus only alive on Easter? No, right? He's alive all the time, right? So we should have that passion, we should have that desire, we should want to be passionate like that all the time. As we think of Peter, and as Peter is talking, as we're going to look at tonight in First Peter, he's talking about a hope that we had. And the hope is nothing that we did, but it's only through what Christ has done for us. And this is what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me ask this question. Why do you think it's important to prepare your mind? Why is it important that Peter says to prepare your mind, you think? Let me ask this question. How many of you have bad thoughts, evil thoughts? How many of you have ever been in a church service and you know what? You thought nothing of what the pastor or anything was doing. Your mind was way out somewhere thinking of something totally different than what the pastor was talking about. We've been there, right? You even have evil thoughts, bad thoughts. Or you know what? I wish the pastor would just be quiet and hungry and need to go get something to eat. Right? Prepare your mind, right? You need, we need to prepare our minds. Let me ask this question. If you're on a, 
you know, you, you like to exercise or, you know, you're on a diet, whatever it is you're on, don't you think you have to prepare your mind for that? Right? You have to prepare your mind for that, right? You have to say to yourself, you know what? Especially, you know, I'll give an example, right? I tr- well, I try my best to go running, right? Exercise in the morning, right? I got to prepare my mind, especially on a morning like this morning, when I stepped outside, and, I, I, and I, I'm actually outside the inside, but I stepped outside, and it was freezing cold at like 5.30 in the morning. That even when I tried to let the dog out, the dog didn't want to go because it was cold. You got to prepare your mind. You got to psych yourself up, right? Or you're going into a, sporting, a sports team and you're going into a big game. What normally happens? Does the coach come in and tell you? Well, I had a, yeah, like the coach comes and says, You guys are lousy. You're going to lose this game by 20 points. Doesn't that make you want to go and play even harder? No, right? Some people will take it as motivation and try to do better. But other people will be like, well, what's the point? The coach ain't even got no hope in us. Prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds to do something. Being sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are setting our mind on what? Not worldly things, but we are setting our minds on the grace of Jesus Christ because it's only the grace of God that we have any hope in this world. It's the only way that we can become holy because in ourselves, we're not. Think about it. If you have a clear bottle of water, no matter how clear that water is, if I put some dirt in that, what are you going to see? The dirt. It's just like our lives. The sin is like dirt in us. Where we want to be pure, we want to do our best that we can, but reality is that we have a sin nature. And sin is raging on. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance or your former lifestyle, all right? What are some things that you think, you know, for me, I could, let me, I could tell you some things in my life that I had to put away, all right? I had to be obedient because I wanted to be like Christ. I want to become more like him. But I can't be conformed to my old passion. I can't be conformed to what I used to do. But it's easy to fall back in that trap. I can't fall into the same trap about the music I used to listen to. Because if I do, I can easily fall right into that and become like that again. And it comes to your mind, right? Or, for some of us, the language we used to use. What are some other things that you think that, as a Christian, it's hard to give up? Or when you think of your old self, what are some things that you struggled with? Friends, you have to let go. That's a hard thing, right? What are some other things? Huh? Gal, yeah. <laughs> Let's be more respectful here. A young lady, okay? But no, seriously, right? Listen. Sometimes you have to cut off 
a girl or a guy, all right? Because, let me just say this for you girls in this room, all right? Girls in this room, because girls, y'all need to understand this. At the end of the day, for the most part, you'll never change a guy. All right? You, uh, listen, you could think you're changing a guy, but when he gets you probably to where you want to be, where he wants you to be, it'll be easy to switch back to where, you know, he wants you to be, more than you changing him. So don't let a guy sweet talk you. Don't let a guy come with them, you know, lyrics and be able to drop every line there and, you know, everything else, you know. Because the reality is that that's what they want. They want to have you in their hands. All right? Listen up, all right? So, do not be conformed to the passions of your former life. Do not have the desire and don't be all about what I used to do. Let me ask you a question. If I struggle with alcohol, right? I was a drunkard. I drank all the time. Would it be wise for me to, every Friday after work, go out with the guys and just go around to a bar room? No. no, right? That wouldn't be a wise thing. Some of you guys struggle with pornography, all right? It would be wise to not be in a room. Listen, guys, let's be mature when we, you know. Some of you struggle with pornography and even older, you know, men struggle with pornography. It would not be wise. Listen, all right? It would not be wise for me to say, you know what? I can have a computer in my room and, that's, and I'm all right with that. No one around me. You got to set boundaries, all right? Set guidelines. Know how far you can go. Verse 15 says this. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Again, we said, what is holy? Some said without blemish. Some said whole, um, set apart, sanctified, whatever. We got to be different. Our world does not show an attitude of holiness. It does not show holiness to us. It shows wickedness. It shows evil. We can't expect the world out there to be Christ-like. It doesn't work that way. The world out there is not going to show Christ at all. The world is going to show you everything it has to offer. And everything in the world it has to offer is going to look so good. The reality is that sin, let me tell you something. Sin is fun. Sin is fun. Nicholas, did you just say sin is fun? Yes, sin is fun. You want me to tell you why sin is fun? Because let me ask a question. How many of y'all like to be bored? No one likes to be bored in this room, right? If sin was boring and you wanted to do, you know, would you want to do it? No. Sin is enticing, it's tempting to you, and, it, and you like it. But sin has consequences. When you indulge in sin life, it's going to have consequences. Whatever it is. Let your, conduct be let your conduct be holy. Let your conduct be set apart, without blemish, pure. Be different. 
be different. Verse 16, And since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Who's the I? Right. He's holy. I met a question. Are the Christian who are we supposed to be like? Right. We are to strive to be like Christ. And everything that we do, we are to strive to be like Him. We're supposed to look more like Him. Not that we have, oh, we know Jesus looks like this. We don't know what Jesus looks like, all right? We're not going to get in a debate about, oh, well, Jesus is this guy or that guy. No, no. Jesus was a person that walked the faith early, died on the cross, and he rose again. We're not talking about what color he was and all. Let's forget about that. The reality is that Jesus came to this earth and he lived a holy and blameless life. Let me ask this question. Was Jesus tempted? Yes. yes. Could Jesus have fallen into sin? Yes. When we consider Jesus and we consider his life, he was 100% God, but he also was what? 100% man. When he came to this earth, he basically put some things on the side and said, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to use this. Because God cannot sin. God doesn't get tired. God is omnipresent. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all these things. Jesus himself in the flesh was not. Jesus got tired. Jesus was tempted. Jesus got hungry. Think about it. Jesus' temptation. You fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. What's the first thing you're going to want when you come up to fast? <laughs> Bamboo, all right. You're going to want something to eat. Right? So what does Satan try to tempt Jesus on the first temptation? Could Jesus have done it? Right. He could have done it right away. In fact, if he wanted to make some steak or whatever, you know, medium well, he could have done whatever he wanted to do. But he chose not to. He chose not to fall into that trap. But the problem for us is this, is that we fall into the trap over and over again and we don't learn sometimes. We don't. In fact, what some of us do sometimes, and what I did as, in, as a teenager, I knew something was wrong. But you know what I said to myself? I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to ask God for forgiveness after I do it. Was that right attitude? No. But we do that. When I did that, I would tell you this. I, don't, I wasn't living right for the Lord. I don't believe I was saved at that time. But that's how we are sometimes. Verse 17, And if you are called... And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one deed, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Again, he is calling us to be holy. He's calling us to be different. He's calling us to be set apart. He's calling us to live a life that's different in the world. Let me ask this question. If you saw me out 
whatever day of the week it was. And you saw me doing something that you know I shouldn't be doing. What would you think about me? Hypocrite, right? You would think to yourself, well, gee, what, why, why should I come and come to, come to Calvary Bible Church? Why should I come to youth group? Because Pastor Nicholas ain't no different than me. He's doing the same thing I'm doing. But he's telling me to be different. Am I telling you I'm perfect? No. Definitely not. But we need to understand that what God, what, what Peter is saying to us is this. That we need to strive to be different. We need to strive. And the only way we strive and the only way we can do it is with the help of the Lord and the Holy Spirit in us. And as a believer, let me tell you something. We are getting, like I said, we're getting into the time of year when we think of Easter. And we think of Jesus going to the cross and we think of what's going on there. And Jesus is talking to the disciples and he said this. It's better for me to go. Because I'm going to send you a helper. You see, and the reality is, is that we need to understand the Holy Spirit as a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, he's living in you. And it's only the Holy Spirit that can change you and the Holy Spirit that convicts you, the Holy Spirit that shows you things in Scripture. But I want to challenge you tonight. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you striving to be holy? So how do we apply this? To live a holy life, we must put to death everything that is not of Christ that's in us. We need to put to death. We need to say, you know what? Whatever it is that I need to give to Christ, I'm giving it to you because I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I want to be pure. I want to be set apart. I want to be different. Are you striving to be different? You say, a, a part of what Jesus, the greatest sermon ever written, he said this, that wide is the way that leads to destruction. Basically, wide is the road, wide is the area that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. So I'm going to ask you, which path that you want? Are you on the big path that leads to destruction? Or are you on the path that leads to a life as pursuing Christ? 